Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and I can't start today's show without talking about the ISO 10002. You know, some people just love to complain, but companies have a responsibility to care. The International Organization for Standardization, ISO, has revised ISO 10002, the standard for complaint handling. This document enables organizations to foster a customer-focused environment, open the feedback, heightening their customer satisfaction. You can get the ISO 10002 standard from the American National Standards Institute, ANSI, the U.S. member body of ISO. Visit ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. That's ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now... Welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Rena Batia of BidExec Franchising. And BidExec offers a unique franchise model that allows you the opportunity to own a branded business in the multi-trillion dollar con- contracting industry. We're going to talk to Rena about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand? The opportunity to take control of your future and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Hi, 
Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Rena Batia of BitExec Franchising. And BitExec offers a unique franchise model that allows you the opportunity to own a branded business in the multi-trillion dollar contract- contracting industry. Hi, Rena. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Marty. It's great to be here. Uh, thank you. This is my pleasure, Rita. I, I had to tell you, you know, this is um, in November will be, let's see, our 14th year of doing the show and our 700th podcast. And I don't think we've had your industry on the show up to this point. So I was so excited to have you on the show today. So this is this is terrific. We would like to ask our, our guests, where are you calling from this morning, Rena? We I'm calling from Herndon, Virginia, Northern Virginia. Oh, nice. How's the weather the heart, there today? The heart of the contracting industry, right outside Washington, D.C. That's right. That's right. You're in a great location for it, aren't you, Rena? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and congratulations on soon to be 14 years. That's amazing. Thank you. It's, it, I, I, it's gone by so fast, Rena, you know, and I've gotten, you know, over the years to interview, you know, amazing people just like yourself. And what happened was, you know, I was reading, uh, I was reading a story about you, I guess it was several weeks ago, and I said, oh, my God, I, I have to have you on the show because I thought you really have an interesting story and it kind of, you know, what you were doing before kind of was like the catalyst to bid exact. I thought, you know, maybe we can go back to the beginning and how this whole thing came about. Yeah, sure. So, you know, as, as you read or if, if, you know, again, I'm depending on what you read, yeah. <laughs> I did, I started, I started proposal helper, which is the, the genesis for bid execs 10 years ago. But I've been yeah. in the industry now 27 years. And, you know, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> yes, it does, um, doesn't it? Yeah. So we, we started Proposal Helper 10 years ago. Well, when I say we, I started it. I'm a solopreneur. I started by myself. Uh, yeah. But now we're 60 employees, um, 10 different states, and, and some wow. global locations too. So. Um, yeah, what we did over the 10 years, right, as with any entrepreneur, when I first entered this industry, there were others already doing this. Uh, there were already other proposal consultants, mm-hmm. consultants, and they still are. But I, I wanted to do it. I found a, a niche, and I said, you know, yeah. there's got to be a different way to do it, and that's what I had launched 10 years ago. But when you're first in the industry, there's a few trial and errors that you go mm-hmm. through. Um and we perfected it. It took us a while, but we perfected it, and we've been very successful. And as we were looking at saying, and now how do we expand? We are in that expansion mode. How do we expand? And I said, you know, in order for a proposal helper to expand, we need more people that think like entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Well, when you, when you say that, then what comes into your head? You're like, well, who? entrepreneurs don't make good employees. They're entrepreneurs. Right, right. exactly. Well <laughs> um, said. Yeah, so we said, what other model will work for us? And what I said is, there is no need for us to hold all the cards to ourselves. There are plenty of amazing people out there. We can give them the opportunity to be part of this industry because we need good people in this industry. 
and and we give them the tools, the technology, the processes to get started, put them on the right path, and then support them. The rest is they can do it. These, you know, as with any person who invests in a franchise, they mm-hmm. are invested business owners. So that's that's how it all started. You know, it was really an expansion plan for Proposal Helper, but uh, we we wanted to have the right network, the right kind of person to be part of that network and franchise was one of the things that we had looked at. And then we started digging to see who who has franchised this business before, who has done this before, because that's what you right. immediately want to do and see who else is there. And there's no one. The, nobody else has done this before. And it actually caught us by surprise. We said, wow, there are right. some very established players in this market, and they never thought of franchising themselves. Uh, and so we, we took the plunge, and we did it. <laughs> I, I think that's wonderful. There was a quote that I I, um, I circled from you when I was reading about you, Rena. You said, um, and again, this might have been a long time ago, but you said, you know, if your firm cannot become a franchisor at any given time, then you're doing something wrong. And it, it seemed to me that, you know, that you have this appreciation, I imagine, for systems and processes and things like yeah. that, and, and that the concept can be duplicated uh, from Virginia to, to pretty much anywhere in the United States. And it, it seems like you have that appreciation. Anywhere in the world. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We, that's true. I have done, I've used this uh, process um, in the Middle East when I did, uh, you know, work there. I worked in uh, Asia Pacific. I've used these processes there. You know, it's a very repeatable process if you can yeah. get it right, and that's the important part. What amazed me, Irina, I, that I didn't know is, is even the size, the magnitude of, of your industry. I mean, this is, this is not a mm-hmm. small industry, is it? I mean, it's pretty <laughs> huge, isn't it? It is, and I think uh, if you, just in the federal uh, business, just the federal industry, and that's not looking at all the other uh, you know, opportunities that are out there. But as of August 31st, 2020, I was looking that up this morning, mm-hmm. the, the federal government has spent $1.6 trillion on That's amazing. That's incredible, isn't yeah. it? When you hear that trillion, you know, a lot of times we'll have, you know, on the show, we'll have million dollar industries and billion, not, it, it's very rare. <laughs> we'll have a trillion dollar you, industry. You have no you know? idea how many times my Autocorrect has changed trillion to billion, and I'm going, no, yeah. no, no, I meant trillion. <laughs> <laughs> it's trillion. It's correct. It, it's, it, it really, and, and, and I said, wow, that is incredible. How do you, when you're meeting with someone, Rena, like, I mean, if you were like, let's say, at a franchise show and exhibiting, and someone came up to your booth, and, and they asked the typical question, so, you know, who are bid execs, and what do you do? How do you typically respond to them? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because unlike the traditional franchises that mm-hmm. are out there, bid execs is it's very unique and it requires yeah. a unique kind of person to be part of this network. Um, right. They, you know, typically what we, an ideal person to be a bid exec franchisee would be someone who has been in the military or has worked as a senior executive in a government or has been has had a career in procurement. Uh, These Mm -hmm. are people who understand the buying process of large-scale industries because we're not a B2C. We're not a business-to-consumer market. We're a B2B. And so the the buying, understanding of that buying process is very important. Um, So we we would say a bid exec franchisee would be someone who has been in that, who understands the buying process of large Mm -hmm. corporations, will be very successful, 
in in um, in our in our network. It's terrific. How does how does technology play a role in your business today, Rena? I'm sure it's evolving. You know, as you know, I mean, technology seems to just keep going faster and faster and faster. Um, how are bid execs using technology today? Yeah. So for us, technology is definitely an enabler. It's not an end all be all. Um, yeah. We are. We look at it as there is a lot of human element involved in what work we do. There's a lot of critical thinking that is required. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how many AI tools are out there, but <laughs> uh, the human critical thinking is still right. um, you know, very important. So for us, technology is an enabler. And I think what, what is uh, important and um, unique about us is that over the 10 years, we have built those tools for our franchisees because we, and when we started, we were looking for tools to say, how do we become more efficient? And mm-hmm. there weren't. There were no tools available on the market. So we actually wow. have an entire IT department that builds our own software and technology. And what that has allowed us to do is now we have control over the source code. So as things change and evolve, we have control over how we are improving those tools Uh, so that we are able to service our clients, and our franchisees will be able to have full access to all of those tools. That's the benefit of franchising, isn't it, Rena? You know, and I'm sure your appreciation of franchising over the years is, you know, that you have access to all those tools, the brand, the systems, the processes, and it, it, it makes it a much quicker process, doesn't it? It does, and when I look back on over those 10 years, and I say, wow, if somebody worked with sit down and develop all these tools now. And, you know, the benefit is I started my career as a programmer. So I come with a technology background. So when I look at a problem, I said, wait, I know technology can solve this problem. And I designed a lot of these tools because of my systems engineering background. But for someone who does not have that and says, well, I'd like to be, you know, a proposal consultant or a business development Mm -hmm. consultant, they're stuck with the very handicapped tools that are on the market mm-hmm. and just the amount of money that we have invested in developing these tools, it's unfathomable. And I just don't want anyone to go through that. So with us, they right. won't have to. They'll have access to all these tools. Right. No, absolutely. I, I think that that's so important. What, what's been one of the most interesting things that's happened to you since launching BitExecs, Rena, I'm sure you probably have hundreds of stories, and it's a tough question sometimes for our guests, but does anything stand out over the years that you kind of say, wow, that's, that, that's amazing, we did that? You know, um, so BitExecs is fairly new, right? Mm-hmm. We, we were going to have our launch party the week COVID happened. Oh, wow. And you know, it was we had everything planned out. We were going to have um, the economic development organization come. All these things were planned out, and then right. the shutdown happened, right. and everything got canceled. But what what that really did is it reiterated and reinforced that our concept is here to stay and work. Because mm-hmm. when we look at what we have done, people went remote, but as long as you have a computer, a good internet connection and a telephone. You are good to work from anywhere in this business, in our in our wow. country. And it really reinforced our processes. We had to change nothing. And we said, well, That's look, but we've proven that I work in the office or I work from home. Right. It did not stop my revenue. I didn't have to lay off a single employee. Wow. And, and in fact, we have grown. We have added on employees to our team because we couldn't find them fast enough. 
Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it, that's the interesting part of this is when, you know, as, they, as I said, if you can't franchise your business at any given moment, you're doing something wrong, it right. reiterated and reinforced that for us. And we're so, so, um, you know, happy that, that not that the COVID happened or any of that. That's right. not the part. Right, right. The idea that if if my franchisee or our franchisees were to face anything worse than a global pandemic, which I hope right. there never is anything worse than this. Sure. That we are not, our livelihoods were not immediately impacted. In fact, and through this pandemic, um, you know, what has happened is the government spending went up. The government wow. started spending more. So, you know, that's one of the things that's benefit of this industry and, our, and the reason that we find we're so excited about it is when things are going great, the commercial sector is booming, there are bids and proposals there. When the economy slows down, the government pumps money into it. And, of course, the government never stops spending anyway. So either right. side, it's a very, um, I, I would say it's pretty much a recession-proof business to be in. <laughs> Sure. No, absolutely. It, it, it's interesting that you say that because it, it, it's always been an interesting conversation since March. Rena, you know, a lot of the concepts we've had on the show, of course, you know, COVID has had an impact on their model and they've had to make shifts and changes and things like that, you know. And, and, and so, I mean, it does what, what I get out of that is it, it says a lot about, you know, your, your business model, you know, and, and I think that's fantastic. In, in, in the beginning of the show, we, we mentioned, you know, and you hit on some of them too. We said, you know, this is a great business for consultants, veterans, military officers, uh, retired government employees. Um, are there any particular types of characteristics or traits that you look for, Rena, when you meet with someone who is, let's say, interested in becoming a franchisee to bid execs? Yeah, I think for us, and I, I this would hold true for any franchise business, mm-hmm. is that the the right person is someone who does not look at a franchise as a hobby, because right. it is a business. First yes. and foremost, we are looking for people who want to be in a business for themselves. And being a business owner is not always rosy. It, it is right. a difficult thing to do, even though you – by having a franchise, you get over a lot of the startup hurdles. Uh, so for us, it is someone who is entrepreneurial-minded, who is willing to dedicate and scale their business, not mm-hmm. look at this as a second income, as a hobby. And then, of course, it is a person who is very well connected in their local community. We need people who are interested in helping small businesses in their communities because big execs, when you succeed, when you – when you are uh, successful, inherently the small business that you have helped win that bid, win that contract is successful, and it pulls the whole community up. So that, mm-hmm. that teacher mentality, that mentality yes. of I want to help my community is very right. important. So there is that, that social aspect to it and have a person with a heart that this is not just about money. This is about bringing up the whole community. Right. Right, absolutely. I I think that's that's so important. How is uh, what's training like today for uh, bid execs? Um, ha- has it changed, Rena? I guess since COVID, I know a lot of the franchises that we've interviewed since March. You know, a lot of them have you know gone through you know using like a virtual technology. But you know, maybe what what is the training like? What was it like before and and currently? 
Yeah, so we, again, because we have always been pretty remote, our training, we, we, when, when we onboard someone, we, of course, like to meet them and spend time with them in person. Yes. But the, we have a very robust learning management system. A, a lot of our training, actually every training that we go through is recorded and that our video oh, wow. is made available, uh, searchable, because our industry is evolving, industry is changing. So somebody in the network is constantly saying, hey, I have something to share with my network. And so mm-hmm. they'll have a quick lunch and learn, or they might do a 15-minute uh, we're not huge into eight-hour classes. We we right. can't sit still. <laughs> right, sure. Uh, so we are more into uh, – we do have a very formal structure. So the a new franchisee, when they onboard, they, they would spend an entire week going through the entire life cycle, what happens, how it happens, what, how do you use these tools, how does the mm-hmm. process and tool play together. They go through that. But then there is a very continuous – you know, it's like being a new employee. You have your training by the fire hose, and then you can't remember what was right. what was said when. So there's yes. a very robust video library that they can go and say, what was it that they were talking about, and play it and do the learning on demand. And, of course, yeah. you know, corporate staff is always available for them to pick up the phone or email. We, we use um, – Teams, Microsoft Teams, very mm-hmm. uh, successfully, so they can just chat and say, "Hey, I need to talk to someone. I don't understand this," and somebody will jump on and and say, "Here, let me help you out." So that team is always available. And then there's the continuous training because we are lifelong learners, and half mm-hmm. the industry is changing. Right. So we will schedule at least once a month a lunch and learn. And these, you know, all those are, again, recorded. So if your schedule doesn't allow you to join, that doesn't mean you miss out on that training. You can always play it back. Um, But we we make sure that we are in touch with everyone in our team to say, hey, did you go through this training? Do you understand it? Do you need anything? So that follow-up is always there because, uh, you know, you sometimes – People get busy doing things, and training is not always exciting. <laughs> sure, that's true. That's true. Our, our minds sometimes shut down with sometimes too much information. Like you say, I, I love right. that recording aspect, Rena. You know, is that you know your franchisees can go back, you know, and and listen to it again because they might have missed something the first time around. You right. know, and, and and as I'm listening to you, you know, is is going back to you know the benefits of franchising is, you know, you're not by yourself. You know, a lot of you know entrepreneurs exactly. are by themselves. You know what I mean? And they have no one to ask, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, that that's certainly a, a, a tremendous benefit. I, I imagine because, you know, you've been doing this such a long time now, Rena. Um, maybe, maybe we could talk about, you know, what is a typical day like for a bid exec franchisee? I'm sure there's some similarities during the day, but it must be different at the same time because it, all the diff- all the scenarios are different, aren't they? So, so maybe you could talk a little bit about they that. They are. Yeah, so, you know, there is no such thing as typical in our business. Sure, (laughs) And I think that's what keeps us going. Uh, That's what has kept me going for 27 years. (laughs) I always say, you know, uh, a typical government bid, it has about a 30-day turnaround time. Okay. So you have 30 days to submit your – do the whole thing, write your proposal, and submit it. So if you're stuck with a team that you don't necessarily enjoy working with, 
you only have to spend 30 days with them and then you're done. You're right. <laughs> and exactly. So That's true. You know, your life is not miserable for the that's rest true. of the time you're with the company. <laughs> uh, so that's the exciting part of it. Yeah. But we have met such wonderful people and amazingly sharp engineers, uh, people who know their business so well. They just don't know how to bid or do right. the bid process, which right. is where we plug in. But we learn so much from them. So there isn't a typical day but right. really what it is is project management. In a, mm-hmm. in a, if, if I had to summarize what is a typical bid execs franchisee doing, uh, they're either helping on the business development side, they're teaching and mentoring and helping our clients find new business, new leads, and how to qualify mm-hmm. them. How do you make sure that that bid is actually meant for your company and you should invest those bid and proposal dollars on it? or they are actually helping them bid on something, and that's project management, hurting right. the cat. Um, right. Because, you know, a typical typical bid might have three, five, sometimes the largest one that I ever managed had 52 subcontractors on it. That's hurting wow. a lot of cats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Wow, that, that's so a lot. So you have it's... to be a... Yeah. Yeah. So you have say, to be a I mean, great project manager. <laughs> yeah. Right. No. Exactly. It, it, I mean, it is. It, it. 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 It's an amazing service. And you know, when I was reading about you know your background over the last uh, couple of weeks, Rena, um, you know, in studying you, you know, I, I, you certainly fit all the characteristics of of an entrepreneur. For, from everything you've learned up to this point, what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? Because most of them. In the beginning stage, they don't know where to begin because there's so much out there today. I think they say there's like 3,500 different systems. And I think many people that consider franchising, they get a little bit overwhelmed. What advice would you give them in their quest to buy a franchise? Because you've learned a lot over the years. Yeah, and I I will tell you this. um, And and I have been on that side where I had once purchased a franchise Mm -hmm. myself. So I can tell you, you know, what – what is it that you should look for is, first of all, know that you're a business owner. So there is no, right. you know, mm-hmm. 100% perfect system out there That's that true. you're going to just plug and play. But, right. you know, if you're going to look through those 3,500 or how many ever franchise models are out there, look for something you're passionate about and that mm-hmm. you want to wake up and get excited about going to work. And I always yes. akin it to saying, you know, if you don't like cooking, don't open a restaurant. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Exactly. Because then it becomes a chore. And yep. this is this uh, opening a franchise is a commitment, and so you want to get excited about coming to work in the morning. Look for things that excite you. But I think the second biggest advice I would give is don't steer too far off from your background. Um, mm. And I did that. Yeah. When I have a career in bid and proposals, and I went into a franchise that I opened up a learning center because I enjoy teaching and I thought this would be great, but it was so far different than what my core training and career has right. been over 27 years uh, that the learning curve was very steep. And not yeah. that we didn't do it, we didn't that we succeeded, but I wish we had stayed close to what I knew best because that mm-hmm. would have that would have probably um, done justice to the franchisor and to yeah. me. Uh, 
uh, I wasn't helping the system in any way because of my learning curve. So that would be my biggest advice is try to stay close to what your career has been in and what you enjoy and are passionate about. Um, and and I, there's no reason why you can't succeed. I, I agree with that, Rena. You know, I you know a lot of times, you know, in doing the show such a long time now, you know, is, is we have some concepts come on the show and they say, oh, you, you don't have to have any background, you know, in getting into this business. Like, you know, I, I think it was about a month or two ago we were interviewing like a a, a window blind franchise, you know, and and I was thinking to myself, I was like, I'm so uncoordinated, you know what I mean? And I I, mm-hmm. I, I would be terrible at that business, you know. And, and but the gentleman was saying, you know, you really don't need any experience at all. And, and I agree with what you just said. I I, I think you should stay close to again what you know what are your strengths you know um, what right. you're comfortable with what you're passionate with I, I i think i think that's wonderful advice that you just gave to our listeners so i think that's terrific so if, if you could look into a crystal ball arena like maybe you know three years down the road or five years down the road where do you see bid execs oh my gosh you know um this this is uh this is a golden question because we didn't anticipate when we launched bid execs mm-hmm. we were looking at targeting a certain market market segment certain type of people certain groups of uh, professionals and the inquiries that we have received are have blown us blown us out of our water we wow. we never expected um a high, for example a very reputable university saying we would like to have this franchise for our business school students. Let them run the wow. franchise. That's amazing. And we said, well, really? You know, a a business school wants to buy a franchise? Can they even right. do that? Sure. <laughs> so, you know, we were huddling with our legal team going, how does that work? And, right. Uh, so we are very, very excited about this prospect. And, you know, being the first in the market, of course, there are challenges because right. there are no precedents. But we are very optimistic. And I think... Uh, even with the situation that we're all in, work from home is going to be the new norm. And there aren't yeah. any uh, business models like ours out there. So uh, this, we, are, we are very optimistic and, and excited to be, um, to be launching this, albeit not in the in an ideal situation, but right. uh, we will all get through this. So. That's wonderful. That's yeah. terrific. What's what's the best way, Rena, for our listeners to get more information on BidExecs? Of course, is the franchise opportunity, but even the services that you provide. Are there any like websites you can kind of direct them to? Yes. Yeah, so our main website is www.bidexecs.com. So it's B-I-D-E-X-E-C-S.com. And there is a a link there to also go look up the franchising opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you can always email us. We are at support at bidexecs.com. You can always email us there, uh, and we'll be happy to reach out and, and talk to you uh, one-on-one. That's wonderful. Well, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you this morning, Rena, and I'd like to invite you back over the next year or two as you continue to grow because I think this is an amazing franchise opportunity. Well, Marty, thank you so much for inviting us today, and we look forward to uh, many future talks with you and learning more about your listeners. That would be wonderful, Rena. It's been great to talk to you, and we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. 
franchisers? Are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com. Or you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, which podcast you get to hear, a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting franchise interviews now over six years and over 300 shows, and during that time, we've had some incredible quotes on the show. Today, you're going to get to hear from Ellen Dunn, who is a franchisee to the Wild Birds Unlimited franchise system, and frequently on the show, we'll ask our guests, why franchising? Why did you go into franchising? And I thought Lynn's answer was really unique out of all the guests we've had in six years. She spoke about the importance of um, having relationships. And, you know, she even thinks of the franchisor and her fellow franchisees as friends. So I, I thought that was very clever. She also took an assessment of what, you know, maybe her possible weaknesses were and her strengths. And, you know, she says that the franchise can help her with things like advertising or marketing, which, you know, wasn't really in her background. So we're going to play that clip for you right now and enjoy this edition of Great Quotes in Franchising from Franchise Interviews. Here we go. I left me and started my own business. I always had a corporation behind me. And I knew that I needed someone that could offer me all the things that I didn't get from the corporate world. And after interviewing several other franchisees, I knew that WBU was where I was going to get all the things as a small business owner that from the corporate world that I couldn't get on my own, such as the HR and the marketing. So you were sold or you were convinced on franchising right away, Ellen. You kind of like knew that, you know, you wanted to be an entrepreneur, but franchising was probably the best alternative for your situation. Correct, because I didn't, you know, I didn't have all the expertise for mainly Mm -hmm. the marketing, the advertising. Sure. Because I always, as I said, I always had a corporation behind me at my other jobs. So I didn't know how to go about doing all those things on my own. And a franchise is the best way to get those get those items mm-hmm. that's fantastic did you know the category really well. did you know the category was going to be retail ellen i mean did you, you know i mean there's like 80 i think there's like 80 different industry a wild birds unlimited franchisee well that was one of the one of the things i was nervous the most about going out on my own mm-hmm. was missing relationship building because yeah. again coming from very large corporations yeah. i was worried about not having friends <laughs> Sure, and sure. <laughs> I must say, That's interesting. I have tons of friends. Um, the, all the different store owners, um, building the relationships with all the store owners here in New England and right. across the United States. I just have lots of relationships and the relationships at the Franchise Support Center. Um, I can pick up the phone at any time and call any number of people to talk to and bounce off you know, crazy ideas that I might be coming up with 
and they'll either laugh with me or think that it's a great idea or right. tell me I'm out of my mind. <laughs> and it's just been a wonderful support yeah. group. And there are people to talk to when you need those different supports, whether it's crisis management or whether it's just somebody to talk to. There's always somebody around that you can talk to or go out and spend an evening with. There's always somebody there to do that. And I really That's didn't great. think I was going to have that support group anymore. It sounds like it's the culture, too, at Wild Birds Unlimited that you, you enjoy, too, Ellen. And listening to, you know, I've never, you know, in the six years of doing that show, I, I like how you mentioned, you know, use the word friends, which I think is very powerful. You know, the relationship with franchisees and also the relationship with the franchisor. I, I think that's very powerful what you said. Um, so I, I, I think that's fantastic, you know. And um, uh, it sounds like, as you said, there's always someone to talk to, and you wouldn't get that. If you did this on your own, would you, you know, if, if you called it, you know, Ellen's Birds Unlimited, you know, I guess it would be a lot more lonely experience. Right. So yeah, and, and they are my friends. I mean, Paul is right up there, and I'm just not saying that. <laughs> Paul's mm-hmm. up there, and I mean, <laughs> any number of the. I mean, I, I look at them all as my friends, and whenever I think of coming to the, you know, the end of this relationship at some point, it, it, to me it's going to be incredibly it sad be because yeah. it, it, it's they're, they're all my friends and um, I value all their friendship and I value their knowledge. They have great ideas. I don't always agree with their ideas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't. Uh, and they always go along with that, and they accept yeah. when you don't agree with them. Um, I don't know. They don't always like it, but you know, right. and they they always accept the criticism. Mm-hmm. And okay. I think in sometimes they let you go away on your own, and whether it works or whether it doesn't work, um, that's accepted, which is good to know. Thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.